0: Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we got to shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up guys, welcome back to Man to Man. Hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy Holiday Week overall. Shout out to our guy, Justin Libby, for winning our $50 holiday giveaway. As always, this is your co host, Andy Elliott.
1: Alongside your co host, Liam, the Hoopstar Nash.
0: Also, guys, before we get started, we just want to make sure that you guys go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at man 2 Podcast. Comment, like, and tag all your friends. Help spread the word about the best up-and-coming NBA podcasts. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave comments. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. It's what keeps us going. Uh, We know that we are a couple weeks behind. We've been super busy with the holidays. It's a new decade. Guys, one thing, the resolutions don't work. Research shows that 80% just fails. So don't set yourself too large of goals. Set yourself small goals. If you want to lose 30 pounds, try to lose five pounds first. Go to the gym, join a membership. People who already are at the gym and see new people coming in, give us a break, okay? Listen, we're trying to get better. We're trying to get healthier, live a healthier lifestyle. So with that being said, new decade, but we are going to backtrack a little bit. We're going to talk about the Christmas NBA games. This was one of the biggest days on the NBA calendar. This episode, we're going to evaluate and rank all five of our Christmas games, bring in some talk about some sports betting, cha-ching, cha-ching, David Stern's passing, and talk about our personal favorite players of the decade, best teams of the decade. And of course, we can't forget about our beloved Olo, Ono, Indiana Pacers. As always, let's get after it. All right, Hoop, let's get into it, bro. Christmas Day games. We had the Celtics versus the Raptors, Bucks versus 76ers, Rockets versus the Warriors, Clippers versus Lakers, Pelicans versus Nuggets.
1: So we see that the Celtics got a win, 118-102 against the Raptors. The Bucks took a little bit of a step back coming in, having the best record in the NBA and lost to the 76ers, 109-121. The Rockets and Warriors was a big shock to the world. Um, Rockets ended up losing that game 104-116. The Clippers and the Lakers marquee matchup round two, right? The Clippers end up taking a 2-0 lead and won that game 111-106. to And then the Pelicans kind of made a, a little shock to the world too, beating the Nuggets. Pelicans are currently sitting below 500, so that was kind of a, a shock to everybody. But, I mean, if we look back, I mean, we had some big performances from a lot of people on Christmas Day. Jalen Brown for the Celtics had 30 points. Kimba Walker also had a 30 clip with 32. If we move back down to the Bucks game, Giannis had a double-double and Bead had a double-double. Tobias Harris really made a name for himself, you know, showed his talents and he scored 22 points. My biggest shock of the Christmas Day games was the Rockets and the Warriors game, right? Um, Right, right. Harden and Westbrook combined for 54 points. Westbrook had 30. Harden had 24. But they really didn't have any other help. I mean, their bench only scored 15 points. And then we had some big step-ups for the Warriors. Damian Lee, which we now know is going to get a contract with the Warriors. They're kind of trying to finalize that. He had 22. Draymond had a double-double 20 and 11. And then D'Lo kind of showed out as well with 20 points there. Their
0: whole starting lineup had 90 points. All had double digits. I mean, that's what you need out of a Warriors team. It's it's not expected all the time, but somehow they still have some sort of magic in that gym.
1: Right. And then we look at the marquee matchup of the Battle of L.A., you know, Kawhi and LeBron, who's going to take over the uh, the NBA here, right? At least for L.A. Kawhi
0: is feeling good being in that penthouse. I'm telling you, he's closer. <laughs> he's got the commute. Is that what it 25 was? 25 and 12. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. He can, he can just walk now. He's just walking to the, to the arena, dribbling a basketball. I swear to God, he's not even getting a valet or anything.
1: Right. We saw Kuzma in that game actually step up for the first time this season. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was feeling good. He got what he wanted for Christmas earlier that morning. But he, he dropped in a 25-point game as well. Then we see the Pelicans game. The Nuggets, I don't think, are quite there atop of like the Western Conference of making a a stronger push. I wouldn't call them, you know, a real threat yet. I think they're still working on their chemistry and stuff, but they lose to the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram, man, is probably one of my underrated, most underrated players just because he's on the Pelicans. Probably he doesn't get the most like the most exposure that he can. He had 31 points. He's really starting to develop into a strong score and very like athletic defensively just because he's so long and lengthy. you know. Holiday also contributed as well with 21 points. Josh Hart too. I mean, he came off the bench, was a contributing factor as well. He scored 16.
0: I know there are a lot of degenerates out there, including Liam and myself.
1: Um, <laughs> of course, of course.
0: <laughs> we recently just got into sports betting. Wouldn't, wouldn't advise it, wouldn't recommend it, especially going into a new year. Uh, it's one of the resolutions that I actually did break. We'll explain this real quick. For the Celtics versus the Raptors, the Celtics were favored by negative three and a half points. The over under was 213, and the Celtics were a minus uh, 170. They were favored even though they were away. Bucks versus 76ers. Bucks were a minus four and a half spread. The over under was 220 points, and the money line was Bucks. Minus 154. They were the favorites also being away, but the 76s were 15 and 2, so that was an iffy bet. Um, Rockets versus Warriors, this was huge. Rockets were favored by 11 points. The over under was 228 and a half points. The money line was the Rockets minus 596. That's huge. Uh, if you take the Warriors on a $100 bet, you're probably winning what, $596? Is insane. For the Clippers versus the Lakers, Lakers were favored by two. The over under was 222.5. And the money line was Lakers minus 126. And then for the Pelicans versus the Nuggets, the Nuggets were favored by nine and a half points, the over under being 219.5 points. Money line was Nuggets. Minus 5.13. And before I talk about the bets that I want, we're going to kind of go into some stats about these teams on Christmas Day. For the under since 2010, the record has been 30, 16, and 4. Home teams since 2015, they've been 15 and 10 to cover the spread. The favorites since 2017 have been 10 and 5. And then Westbrook and Harden combined on Christmas Day have been 12 and 4. You want to bet on the Rockets, right? Obviously, things gonna go as planned. Stats don't always work. For me, Liam, I had a couple good bets here. I bet on the 76ers to upset the Bucs. Probably had like 30 bucks to win. I don't know, 50, something around there. Rockets Warriors didn't want to touch it. But if you bet on the Warriors, man, like I said, 100 bucks to win 596 would be insane. That was a crazy game. Clippers-Lakers, I bet on the Lakers money line, lost that one. But I did put 30 bucks on the Pelicans to beat the Nuggets straight up. But 30 to win, like, 93 is crazy.
1: I didn't bet on any Christmas Day games just because I was just not feeling it. I didn't really like any of the real matchups. I mean, these tough games are pretty hard for me to bet on just because, like we can see, it's a a coin flip. So, um, especially on Christmas Day, everybody's really hyped to play, and we see... Teams like the Warriors, you know, just take care of the Rockets with with ease. Same with the Pelicans. They upset the Nuggets.
0: I told you that day that I was going to take the Pelicans over the Nuggets. You were like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, they have like all the former Laker players, dude. Yeah, I know. I was telling a couple people about that, and they're like, ah, "I don't know," but I think that was the most hype game that I had right. for sports betting, at least.
1: Let's go down and rank them. What do you What do you have for your uh, your top five? How would you rank these games that you saw?
0: All right, so five to one, five being the least interesting to me. I got the Celtics versus the Raptors, simply because.
1: <laughs> so you' hating on the Celtics again? I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Simply because the Celtics were favored, although on the road. I mean, I thought they were the elite team in the East, so I don't really see the Celtics having a problem going into Toronto. My number four being the Pelicans and the Nuggets. I know this was an upset, but like I just said, they have former Lakers players, so I was pretty confident. With J.J., you got Lonzo, you got Jackson Hayes, you got Brandon Ingram, you got Josh Hart, you have these guys who can still play. It's the NBA. These guys are still professional athletes. My number three, Bucks 76ers. 76ers were at home Giannis out of the game The Bucks literally have no identity It's not that interesting to me I don't think the Bucs are going to go that far in the East I don't think they're even going to make it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals I think some team is going to accept, upset them Simply because Giannis is their core uh, My number two would be the Rockets Warriors Obviously this was the biggest upset on NBA Christmas Day Like I was saying, the money line was crazy The spread was crazy I even took a nap during this game. This is the only game I didn't watch, but then I woke up and saw they were getting smacked. And then obviously, (laughs) I think the most interesting game on NBA Christmas Day was the Clippers-Lakers. This is a preview of the Western Conference Finals. This is an overall great game. Pat Bev is a stud on D, uh, blocking LeBron at the end of the game, ends up turning the ball over. This is what we're going to love to see here on Down the Road.
1: I'll agree to extent, but I'm gonna tell you my one to five real quick because I have the Pelicans Nuggets in the Western Conference. I truly believe there's a three-team race: the Clippers, Lakers, and the Rockets. I think those are the only teams that really are gonna make a push late in the season. Nobody else is really like an elite team in the West. My next game is the Celtics Raptors. Um, nothing, nothing too big there. My next game, which you had at number one, was the Clippers and Lakers. It's just too early in the season to get a good feel on where these teams are going to end up and how it's going to play off in the late playoff push run. But that out-of-bounds call with Bev, they got to change some rules there. And we can can go into that later if we want. But I have some problems with how that went down. My top two are kind of you can flip-flop these Bucks and 76ers. I think the 76ers really, you know, made a statement and saying that we can beat the best team, you know, in the East, and it kind of made a case for them that they are potentially trying to push for that number one spot. Their record probably won't end up being as good as it could be to get that number one spot, but I still think that they are the most dominant team in the East. And then the Rockets' worries just because this was an embarrassment if you are Harden and Westbrook. Um, You mentioned their stats on Christmas Day. You're playing the Warriors that are depleted, and they pretty much just thrown in the towel for this season. And you go out on national television. Everybody's watching this game, and you get smacked. But it is what it is. So that was probably my favorite game to watch just to see how it unraveled, but... You can't lose like that to the Warriors.
0: Nah, you can't. I mean, especially with with Westbrook and Harden both averaging over 20 points, almost a double-double on Christmas Day games. These guys have been, besides LeBron, ranking the the second and third slot of playing the most Christmas games uh, since the 93-94 season so some good christmas games now we are going to focus on our 2020 episode officially and i think a good start to this episode would be talking about how we even do this podcast i know we have some friends that are interested are you guys in the same state i heard you guys are facetiming each other while doing this do you guys have the same mics how do you do it basically liam lives in indiana i'm in chicago We came up with this idea of downloading the same editing software, recording software. We bought the same mics and we do this thing where we FaceTime each other. I have my Apple headphones in while I'm also talking into my real mic. We hit record at the same time and then that's how we do it. We FaceTime and look at each other and then we also talk into our real mics while we're recording. So that's how we do it. Maybe we can post a video later, but also... I don't think we've talked about how we actually know each other either.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, Everybody's asking, like, how do you even, like, some of my friends that aren't friends with you asking me, hey, how do you even know Andy? Like, what are you, like, how do you even know this kid? Why are you talking, having a podcast with a guy that's not in the same state? Yeah, it's people just... are asking
0: me if I found you on Craigslist it's, <laughs> it's been, or Bumble or anything. I'm like, I don't know, bro, honestly. So this is the deal. This is the deal right here. I grew up at the Green Hills YMCA in Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out Nashville! Also, I just want to shout out the Titans for getting that big, big dub over hey, Mr. Tom. Send them
1: Brady. home. Send them home, <laughs>
0: Mr. Tom Brady.
1: Are you kissing your your own children again? <laughs> I think so. So, anyways, hey, hey talk I, about sports betting. I made some money on that last. I made some big money on that you game. Mate. I made about 300 off of that. I had a two, three, I think it was two or three ga- uh, game parlay. And Titans were one of those teams, you know, brought home some money.
0: You were telling me about that. You were like, should I cash out at halftime? And I was like, "Nah, dude, you can't. You can't do it. You got to you gotta root for your team until the end. Right. But right,
1: uh, yeah, shout out Titans.
0: Shout out Titans. Anyways, I grew up at the Green Hills I went there since I was middle schooler, probably, what, fifth grade. Started out. So um, my parents always dropped me off when they had to go to work and I didn't have school in the summer. But basically, I went to the Y one time, one night with my dad, and then Liam is by himself just hooping. I don't know. It's a late night. There's not many people there. My dad forces me to play one-on-one with Liam, and Liam just absolutely obliterates me. And my dad goes up to Liam and was like, do you play basketball? And of course, yeah, he just beat me like 22 to three, dude. Like I didn't even get, it was make it, take it too. I hate make it, take it, by the way. I hated make it, take it. Uh, My defense was terrible. But anyways, my dad asked if Liam played basketball. Of course he did. Played AAU ball. So my dad put me on Liam's team. Uh, I played a year older all throughout middle school on Liam's team. Liam and I played in middle school together. We both went to the same middle school. Um, I was like, oh, hey, you actually go to the same middle school. It was kind of cool to see you there. Once I actually went to middle school, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now my, my nightmare doesn't end here. I'm still going to get dogged every single day on one-on-one. Right. But uh, yeah, I ended up playing AAU. We ended up becoming great friends throughout school. High school, we parted different ways.
1: I mean, yeah, it was just, like you said, that one night in AU, your dad came up and was like, hey, what? do you play basketball? I was like, yeah, of course I play basketball. Talked to my coach and tried to get you on that team there. And from there, it was kind of history. I mean, you were a year younger, but I think that was good for you, at least at the younger age, to, you know, kind of, you know, build up a little bit and play up. We would go and drive to games together. It was just because we both knew each other. Anytime basketball was in the works, we were pretty much doing it together growing up. So
0: Right, and then on in summer, I guess summer times when we didn't have much to do, everything was always around, evolved around sports. You had a pool table. We That's where I learned how to play ping pong. We played ping pong in your garage till about... 3 to 4 a.m. All nights of the week, pretty much. Uh, we snuck out of your mom's place, went to go hit up biggie at the gas station, bought some beer underage. Shout out biggie at the Green Hills Exxon. My guy. We did a lot of crazy things. A lot of crazy things growing up, but that's right. what kids do. If you right. don't do that, then you didn't have a childhood and it was a great time. Um, but yeah, we've just been good friends ever since. I did actually find him on Craigslist later on in life because I hadn't talked to Liam like two years, but... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, it's been awesome. And so like me being here in Chicago and him in Indiana, Liam's actually in flight school right now. So that's why we haven't been we haven't been so heavy on the podcast lately. He just he's in a second week of flight school right now. But before that, we want to talk about getting into a hobby. And obviously, this podcast has brought us into something that's that's turned out pretty fun.
1: Right. Uh, On that note, too, like you said, I did just start flight school. But for 2020, I got to mention that we are making big strides. We are in the process of bringing on some new people, um, making our crew bigger um, just so it's not so heavy on one person, because right now it's kind of how it's been. I mean, one person would do all the editing and stuff. So we, we got some people in the works. We've already brought on a new person. Hopefully we can bring on. Um, some more people as well that, uh, you know, really are invested in this. Um, we also are going to bring on some more special guests. We're going to try to do at least one special guest a month. Like Rob Marbury was our first special guest. Um, we already have somebody lined up for this next month. And then hopefully we can just keep them rolling. Um, But we want to, you know, kind of interact our community and and people that we know that are in positions of basketball to help explain and kind of give their takes on, you know, what they're doing and how the NBA relates to their lives as a whole. So hopefully in 2020, we just keep getting better, right?
0: Right, better and better. Small goals, take it week by week, day by day. Now, we're going to get back into the NBA. Unfortunately, we lost a big part of the NBA on January 1st, David Stern has passed. David Stern was a big part. Like I said, he was an NBA commissioner from 1984 to 2014. In his 30 years, he was a member of the Naismith Hall of Fame. He was in the FIFA World Hall of Fame. He helped founded the WNBA and NBA G League. He was credited with increasing the popularity of the NBA worldwide in the 1990s and 2000s. He expanded from 23 teams to 30 teams in the NBA, you know, which caused revenue to increase. Like I said, he got the popularity, which means more money. LeBron wouldn't have the salary that he has today without a David Stern kind of setting the foundation for all of this. A big shout out. He was a big part of what the NBA is today. And it's a big part of how these guys are making millions and millions of dollars, a.k.a. Carmelo coming in on a year contract after being retired, making 34000 a game. It's ridiculous. So it's unfortunate what he went through with his brain hemorrhage and in the hospital. I can't even imagine. Big, big shout out to David Stern. We pay our respects and homage to him and his family. AI, I am talking to you, too. Even though you had to hide the tattoos with the sleeves and tuck in your shirt, I know you missed little David Stern for whipping on your ass a little bit.
1: Right. I mean, he did a lot for the NBA. Sad so to see him leave. But let's uh, transition to uh, another topic that you know you said you don't really like. But I'm going to start talking about the trades because they have changed a little bit. Um, I mean, we got, <laughs> we got some teams that are narrowed down to make some big moves, big players that are pretty much guaranteed by their teams that they wanna move them before the trade deadline. We touched on this last episode. We're not gonna go too in depth on it, but the big names that we had were Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. And right now, the Pistons are pretty much guaranteeing that Drummond will be moved by the deadline. And so the question is brought up, where do you think he's gonna go? And what team needs him? What team could use him? What makes more sense for him as a player? Um, I know he has uh, reportedly said that he doesn't really want to get out of Detroit, but for a team's aspect, they are saying that he's going to be moved. So where do you see him going? Well,
0: I think with Blake Griffin having knee surgery, what, it was this morning, I think, that changes a little bit of his perspective because he knows his team isn't that great anymore, losing a big player like that. I can see him with the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks, I don't know who they would give up. They'd probably have to give up half their team. They don't even have a full team. That doesn't even make sense to me, but... I can see him at the Hawks if they did find some guys to trade for, maybe a couple first round picks. And I can see him with the Celtics. I know we talked about him with the Celtics for a little bit. Maybe trade in his Cancer, maybe a Marcus Smart, you know, a couple other first round picks. This guy's an All Star, so the Pistons are going to want to receive obviously more than they are given right now. You're giving out one guy, but you want money, you want first round picks. You want trades. So I can see him with the Hawks and the Celtics.
1: I can see him with the Celtics. They also need, you know, that big defensive presence right there. But on the other hand, in the league right now and how the league is transitioning into the style of play that we're looking for, the value for Andre Drummond as just a big man that just kind of posts up and just bangs you down low is slowly decreasing. And so. Drummond really wanted a contract extension with the Pistons but obviously you know they've kind of slowed down those talks but he was really pushing for that just because he probably knows in free agency that his trade value won't be as much as it could have been if he got that extension now. So if he got traded he could also have that option again to sign a contract extension with that new team he was traded to and for the Celtics I think that would be a perfect fit because they do Lack a little bit of interior defense, but I mean, you never know. Still, I think for sure Andre Drummond will be on the move before the deadline,
0: right? And for a guy like Kevin Love, I know he's on the market as well. He just got fined $1,000 from the GM for having that outburst. He went on to say in a post game interview, I don't really care, I got plenty of money. I don't think that's a good look for Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love is in the wrong era right now, and GMs that see that are probably like, well, I don't want this guy's attitude to be on my team because I can see him going to not such a great team and having the same sort of attitude. If he is traded to another team, it's got to be a good team. It's got to be a team that is already playoff contenders where a GM can say, okay, well, you're with some vets now, so you won't have to worry or anything like that. I think that's what Kevin Love needs. He's playing with Colin Sexton. He's playing with Darius Garland. I mean, these guys are like 20 years old. Right. I think that... we both older than these guys, like three years. I don't, I don't think Kevin Love likes playing with these guys. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, I think that is what his biggest problem is right now. He told the media that he was acting like a 13-year-old kid. He didn't handle this situation that great, but I feel for Kevin Love. So I don't really mind that big outburst just because that shows his heart in the game and that he obviously deep down does not like being in Cleveland and he wants to be traded. I think that message was received by the GM and they're going to try to do as much as they can to get him moved because obviously he doesn't fit into the Cavaliers you know rotation their game style play and just the rebuilding stage that they are in so I don't really mind that outburst it just was obviously a national story but I will say I think Kevin Love will be another guy to be moved in terms of where he's going to go I would see him maybe, maybe not a contender, but some team that's right on the cuffs of making a playoff push. Somewhere like the Grizzlies, I could see him fitting in with Ja Morant and the, the foundation that they have there. Because obviously Ja Morant is potential-wise and skills-wise right now a lot better than the guards that they already have in Cleveland. And they're sitting right on the cuffs of making the playoffs right now, you add a Kevin Love. They'll definitely make the playoffs this year, probably seventh or eighth seed. I
0: don't see Kevin Love at the Grizzlies at all. They
1: could find a fit for him there. John ja
0: Morant's kind of like a point, a point God, excuse me, where he's like he's gonna dribble the ball and shoot it or dunk it. Like I don't, I don't feel like John ja Morant is sort of like a playmaker. Except well, that's that's if it's that's for that's, himself.
1: That's perfect how Kevin Love would fit in there though, is because John ja Morant would take over the ball, you know, dish and drive, and then if he doesn't make a layup, he gets somebody to kick to. You know, like a Kevin Love on the wing. I can see a Kevin Love out of Suns. The Suns? The yeah. Suns are so bad, bro. They're not... The Suns aren't that bad, dude. They are We're trash, the bro. They, the, the Suns are bad. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think... I mean, you're talking about somebody who's ball dominant. I mean, Devin Booker's ball dominant, isn't he? I mean, I don't know. They have Aiden over there. They already kind of have their foundation there. I don't see that the Suns could really fit... Kevin Love and what he wants. They're not a contender at all. They're not even going to make the playoffs. They couldn't even make a playoff push right now if they wanted
0: to. Okay, well, maybe like the Heat. I know we talked about the Heat. But, anyways, Kevin Love, I mean, look, the guy had big man syndrome. Somebody else had some syndrome, but it wasn't sort of big man. It was actually little man syndrome. Can we talk about my guy, IT? Mr. Isaiah Thomas, get out of the game. He gets ejected in the first minute and a half, shoving a ref. It's uh you know Carmelo takes his little ball from him. Oh no, Mister Carmelo, don't take it from me! And then you know then he get a call from the ref, push the ref, and then he's acting like oh my goodness, what did I do? What did I? Do? And someone handed him his bib, and then he started being okay with everything. He actually went into the locker room. Um, little it getting ejected. We're gonna just talk about some other things. This is little stuff that we're talking about, guys. Doc Rivers says the Clippers seem to be losing their identity after getting smacked by the Grizz, one forty to one fourteen. You know, Kawhi with that load management, he's not playing every game. I don't know how I feel about it, but I guess it is what it is. If they want to keep losing to sorry teams, whatever. Uh, ja Morant has one of his filthy, filthy stepbacks. Remember this one.
1: Right, that was my player of the week just because of the performance that we saw from him, and it was just disgusting is what it came back to be. I mean, he just sat there and looked at dude for a hot minute. It was
0: kind of like that James Harden step back last year against the Clippers. They said
1: said on ESPN, I was watching their highlight reel of this, and they said dude fell like 19 feet away from Job Morant. What step back feet? Like every step back I do for— I mean, I want 19 feet of separation. i make every shot, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right.
0: And it's almost at the point where I feel like the defender has already gotten crossed and they're like, fuck it, dude. I'll just keep falling.
1: <laughs> it was a little over-exaggerated by the defender. I forgot who was defending him, but 19 feet is a lot of separation for a guy.
0: I'll give you my play of the week. It was former Lipscomb basketball player, my guy Garrison Matthews. Played with Rob Marbury, who we talked to on the last episode. Garrison Matthews is on a two way contract with the Wizards, gets a chance to play against the Heat. The Heat are hot right now. He shows up in this game. He puts on a career high twenty eight points on top of a win. This guy's a sniper, bro. I know you remember watching Lipscomb last year and the NIT when we talked to Rob. You know, even at Madison Square Garden, this guy is this guy's looked like he's playing the garden every single
1: weekend. Right, and one of his uh, interviews before the game, actually before this game, he was sitting down with the local news group, their Fox Sports group, and they were interviewing him just because it was like one of his first chances to actually get some minutes, and he said that he was a professional shooter. He's not a basketball player, he is what they call a professional shooter, and we saw that on full display.
0: He's a sniper, and he also plays with Schofield too from Tennessee, which is really cool to watch.
1: Right. So a lot of a lot of Nashville ties there in the NBA if you look for him.
0: Oh yeah. And then recent news, Anthony Davis turns down a 4-year extension for $146 million. AD, did you not like the offer man? Is that is that not enough money? $146 million for 4 years. So you've thought it over, yes, and you accept our offer. We can finally put this whole thing behind us. Hmm. No. Can you give us another minute, please? It's a lot of money, okay? But we need money coming in every week. Wouldn't you rather a fishing pole than a fish? So clearly not. Um, But now it's only because he wants more money in the offseason. He will be eligible for a five-year, $202 million extension in his free agency after this year.
1: I mean, and on the flip side, you also have to look. Maybe he's, you know... Doing a little sneaky Kawhi, you know, maneuver. And he might be looking, you know, maybe another fit with another superstar. I don't know. I don't know really what his intentions are. He's a pretty quiet guy in the media. But he could possibly look to move too in the offseason if the the Lakers don't pan out. You know, they got a bunch of guys on one-year deals. Um, LeBron, if he gets hurt or something, I mean, that could be a career-ending injury. You never know. So I think it's good for him that he did decline that and, you know, be able to make more money, but also keep his options open. And if you know me, I'm an options guy. So I like to have my options open. So
0: now we're going to get into some questions that we actually had from a couple of fans over the holidays. Um, Our first question.
1: (laughs) Andy's phone is so bad. I can't even see him or hear him. (laughs) I know it's kind of hard sometimes to hear this man. Yo, bro, where you at, bro? here he comes. Damn, bro. What the fuck were you on? Somebody call me, bro. I was debt collector
0: every single day. Alright, so our first question being who at this point in the season are legit title contenders and why? My answer would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Liam, I know we were talking about this. You were telling me how there was some, some stat how it was saying if the Lakers lose with this team then it would actually be pretty embarrassing and it would actually ruin LeBron's legacy a little bit.
1: Right roster wise the teams that LeBron has been on in his career maybe besides I mean you could toss this up against the the Heat team with D Wade and Chris Bosh but by far the roster top to bottom this is the best team that LeBron James has been on ever in his career so if they don't end up winning one or two titles I mean making the finals is has to be a given for them And if they can't win at least one title while he's there, it's kind of just a ruined end of his career. But yeah, I I can see you have the Lakers. I mean, like I said earlier, I think in the West, you're right. I think the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets are really the only contenders. And really the East is where all my questions lie. We got, obviously, the 76ers are my favorite. You have the Celtics. You have the Raptors defending champions. Um, there's a lot of teams in the East, like the Miami Heat. That you, if you're one of those top tier teams or any team in the East, you don't want to see them in in any round. Like you don't want to see any of those teams in the first round. You know what I mean? Like if you're a Celtics team, if you're a 76ers team, you don't want to see the Heat. You don't want to see the Pacers in the first round. Like and vice versa. If you're the Pacers or somebody else like that, you don't want to see these bigger teams in the first round. So those are those are my contenders. Those three. In the, in the West, and then obviously 76ers is who I got. So I think West is really easy to answer, but East is kind of up to grabs one through maybe five or six. So.
0: All right, second question. Who is overachieved and who has underachieved this season so far?
1: Um, Player-wise, my underachieved person would probably be, we talked about him, is Kevin Love. I want to see him kind of finish out his career on a contending team and maybe make another push for a title. I would also say Kyle Kuzma is my other underrated or underachieved guy. I think that's what I was going to say also. He was a stud last year. He kind of, you know, made his name for himself last year. And this year, I mean, I know it's hard playing along somebody like LeBron and AD to, you know, find find your groove and stuff. But I really want to see more and more from him on a nightly basis. Yeah. So who do you have for your overachieved?
0: I think you know where I'm going with this one.
1: I have no idea where we at.
0: Mr. Headband, Alex Caruso, baby. Alex Caruso, this is my guy. Yes, he had expectations going into the season of being a part of the role, being a part of their roster in LA. And this guy's a stud. He got some more VC coins off 2K. He's got a headband now. He's got a sleeve. He's got high-waisted shorts. This guy is a monster. All these put-back dunks. I think he's definitely overachieved for this Lakers roster and he's got more to come for the years ahead. So I love this guy. I love watching this guy. He's a big playmaker for their team. Our third question is who needs to make a trade and why?
1: I mean, we kind of hit on this a little bit, but my team, I mean, there's a couple of questions about playoffs um, that we had. Um, What teams are a trade away from being a a title contender? What teams are a trade away from making the playoffs. We kind of hit on all those. But I, I would say to answer that question and kind of just broaden that that scope a little bit is the Celtics. I think, like we were talking, like I mentioned, I think the Celtics are that one player way to be a absolute favorite in the East. If they can get a big man or another dominant stretch 4-5 or five guy, They could be easily mentioned as the favorite, no question about it, in the East. So that would be mine.
0: Our last question is, why aren't you guys talking about the Indiana Pacers more? Trust me, my guy. We're about to go into our Pacers segment. (laughs) While we were gone, our Pacers got going and continued to make strides in the right direction. But in my eyes, we took a little step back. Brogdon got hurt, missed the last three games. We went 2-4. and That last stretch of December, early January, uh, we lost against the Heat in a close game, 112-113. to 113. We also lost against the Nuggets, 124-116, which we just didn't show up at all. We were ahead most of the game. And then Michael Porter Jr. comes in, puts like 16 in the fourth, and has an incredible game. Leads the Nuggets to win that game overall. Our other two losses were to teams that are currently below 500, the Hawks and the Pelicans. Pelicans aren't so bad as people think, or at least as bad as it shows on paper.
1: Right. I think those two losses kind of were where we did make that little minor hiccup and took a step back, like you were saying. We mentioned teams that are below 500, teams like the Hawks, who've won not even 10 games this year. Teams like that, we got it handled, like, I don't care if they have a Trey Young or somebody. Pelicans, I understand, are a lot better than what the record shows. But we can't lose games like that because down the road, those are going to hurt us trying to make a, a push for the playoffs. you know. Right. But we um, did have
0: two big wins, uh, which right. I, I do want to talk about during that break against two of the Eastern Conference's top teams, the Raptors and the 76ers. So right, that was, right. I mean, good wins. I don't know. I feel like. When we play better teams, we play harder. We play more focused. I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, even if you have a back-to-back, it's tough to fly from city to city at times. So these guys are probably pretty tired right now, especially with the new year. We're probably almost halfway in through the season. And, you know, we get another chance to play against these teams, like the Heat and the 76ers this next upcoming week. And overall, we ended the decade with a record of 22-12 and and 5th in the East, not complaining at all. No Olo. Still waiting on Olo to get better. He's practicing for the G League team, but honestly, I know we were talking about this hoop. I don't care if he comes back in another month. Like, let him chill for a second because we're gonna need him in, in playoff time.
1: Right. Like, I mean, I think that's that's smart of the the front office not to you know put an exact date on his return. We have shown that we are a very good team without him. We can beat these you know top teams in the East. The only thing is to make that home court advantage, at least in the first round, we got to get in the top four. If we're not in the top four, I mean, I don't want to go on the road in the first round and expect to win, especially like the East and how it's set up right now. There's some dangerous teams, like we mentioned. So I think we really do need that home court push. So we do have to take care of these teams that are, you know, not as high up on the on the rankings. But yeah, I think all in all, we're we're looking good all right guys with that i think episode 10 is a wrap thanks again guys for uh tuning in this week and i'm sorry that we were away but we're gonna bring a lot of good content in 2020 again follow us on instagram and twitter at man to man podcast like you know comment all that stuff on instagram and then go over on apple and spotify and rate us there as well give us some good ratings five stars you can also comment on that as well but with that Peace out, guys. Peace out. Pacer
0: Nation, baby.